Welcome back. Episode 12, Link Up Podcast. We're back with Matthew. Uh, Matthew, say hello. Hello out there. <laughs> Matthew, um, what do you want to talk about today? I'll talk about anything you want to talk about. It's your show, man. You want to just dive a little bit deeper into the stuff we didn't talk about on the last one? Sure. So um, when you were talking about the court case that you went through, mm-hmm. what exactly, why did you get brought up in court for? Well, let's let's rewind a little bit. Okay. Uh, the life story is, um, I was fighting for custody of my youngest son, and the people that I was fighting for custody from was my mother, and uh, because they called it a hybrid attempt to resolve my parental rights. What does that mean? She went in and forced signatures on there, and she tried to make everybody believe that I had given up my parental rights because she had me sign some papers she brought to work, had me to sign them through my divorce proceedings. But now fast forward years later where we're going through this court proceedings Mm -hmm. and the judge looked down and noticed that that was not his signature because it's still the same judge, even though it's, you know, 10 years later, it's still the same judge. So she was forging your signature. She was, she forged his signature. She forged, Oh, a lot of signatures, but except for mine, because she brought them to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, But me being, you know, really thinking, oh, this is my mother, that I'm signing these papers. And I'm, I didn't even read what I was signing until it come the day up. What did you think you were signing for? I just thought I was ending my marriage. You oh, know, Ending okay. the marriage that I was in, because she was there with her. So are they, they, were, in, they were in cahoots? They were in cahoots together, yeah. Really? So when the judge discovered this, he, boy, he was very irate. How'd Same you feel to, uh, that you're, not only was the person you're divorcing, but your mother was against you? You know, um, it started. I started to build up a lot of anger and try to put things together. Um, it, it was very hurtful to see what had been done to me. So I actually stayed with my mom for a whole year because... At first, in my mind, because how she was so controlling over us and everybody in the family, you know, later on we can talk about those things, but she always felt she had to have her hand in somebody's business. And uh, so she thought, oh, this is a great way for me to get a child because, you know, all my life, ever since my baby brother had, you know, been de- deceased, that she thought it would be great to get another child instead yeah. of taking care of the children she already has or loving what was left. How many siblings of there are you? There's just my older brother. I was the middle child. And then there was Daniel. That's the one that passed away. Yeah. He's the one who was uh, accidentally killed. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. How old is your older brother? My older brother is 50. He'll be 51 this year. How old are you, Matt? I'm 49 tomorrow. It's Matthew, actually, not Matt. Yes. That's, that's be very correct. Oh, that's right. I yeah. apologize. And I don't like to be called Matt. You know why? Because well, my I mother, was apologizing. Because, yes, and I accept that because my mother always called me Matt and I didn't like it. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I, I want, my name is Matthew and it's my given name. But, um, so anyways, you know, with the court proceedings and stuff, I cannot tell you how many times I've been to court. Damn. Over Anywhere that? from being accused by my own mother of being, uh, um, of molesting my own kids to being an unfit person. So what was the, yeah. how did she come about the thing about saying you molested your kids? It was just something that surprised us all while we were in there. And she just randomly stood she up just and said randomly it? randomly and then tried to pull witnesses in to prove it. So 
you know, my very first court case that I ever went in involved, because, uh, you know, my divorce. Now, um, let me fix this. Sorry, I'm getting a little jittery. Um, so I'm divorced, mm-hmm. right? That's all over with. Mm-hmm. So for, for the longest time, if, after I graduated college, I moved to Memphis. Uh, my youngest son was turning 10 years old. And I always promised him that when I got a good job, mm-hmm. that I'm going to have him and his brother back together, you know, and I was going to do that. And then at the time, I had a partner who was willing to help me do that. And uh, then the uh, an attorney that I went to church with said, do you mind if I see your proceedings, your papers and stuff? So I gave her the papers. She did some research for a couple of weeks. And then she came to me and she says, I found someone and we've discovered something. You have a very good case here. And uh, so she contact, you know, connected me to those people. And then, then the next four years was nothing but court battle. Really? Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, man. my first court battle for I went to fight for custody of, of my youngest son, Aaron, um, I lost. Oh, really? Yeah, because I didn't have credible witnesses. They had their last thing they brought up that had accused me of being the, you know, uh, assaulting my kid or yeah. my youngest kid or, and then some other things, you know, they were, but I had no way of trying to, you know, push that away. But where they messed up was in the response. Uh, they typed in the paper, um, although homosexuality is not against the law, Mm-hmm. is against the law of God and nature. And that was put in the paper. And um, that right there is where they messed up. Because, How, what do you mean by that? Because they, they included church and oh, state. state. Okay. There was separation of church and state. That was your mom's lawyers? That yes. And that's what they put in up. there. And they said, although the sodomy law had been lifted in the 70s in Kentucky, blah, 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 blah. You know? And... Um, I thought it was over with mm-hmm. until someone that I was going to church with saw these papers and said, we want to contact you with this organization, a fantastic organization called Lambda Legal. And I contacted somebody in New York. You know, it's divided where the the United States is divided into four territories, mm-hmm. and my territory was based out of New York. And they just came in, brought in professional witnesses, and cleaned house. They fired the attorney that I had then turn around and hired him back because he he's never up you know had to defend anything like this so I had to be a non-practicing homosexual what do you mean well that's that's exactly what it means I'm I'm I'm, I'm gay but I'm not you're not allowed acting to. on it you know I'm not doing anything with it so you can't couldn't get caught with a man or anything is that what you're saying yeah like and, no matter how much you've met somebody you right you'd have to hide him Pretty much. Yeah, if I was going to do that. But, you know, then again, like I said last time, I, I really wasn't paying attention to those things when I was in college trying to take care of my kid. Because you, know? you were, what, 19 at the time or something? Yeah, I was 19, 20. Wow, that's so 19 young. when I divorced, and then um, probably about four years later, I was 20-something years old. Uh, when it all started, this whole ball game started. How old so. were you when um, your youngest child was born and your second I mean, your oldest. And then your... My oldest was born September. I mean, August. We married September. I was eighteen. I graduated high school in eighty nine. He was born in eighty nine. My youngest 
was born a year later in September. Were these both so, the same lady? Same, same lady. Same, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't know. If it Wasn't was this the one where it was the beard situation, though, you said? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so was it, it was intentional to have the two kids? No, um, it, it wasn't. And uh, uh, that plot thickens. How did you feel during that time when you were in this relationship? Like, why did you guys actually go through with sex? It was just, it was just two people who were trying to fight this, you know, all this gay stuff. The gay way. Yeah. The gay way. But, but the deal is though, when I married her, then she left me and my baby three weeks later. Yeah. So, you know, this ongoing thing, she didn't want to be in this relationship. She just felt that I could take care of him. You know, she, she, I was at work at a gas station in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. She brings the baby, my oldest, sets him on the counter. She says, I'm gone. Wow. So I had to call my boss, said, you got to come up here, you know. So it's always been this crazy drama. Yeah. But, you know, and I told you I was fighting from custody of my kid from my mom, which became a long battle. Those rednecks were getting up there saying everything they could think of. And, uh, it so was were you in love nasty. with her? No. She was just my friend. Hmm. And, and to this day, I'm, I don't hate her. I'm not mad at her. I just knew that she was a sick person. Why'd you go back the second time? Um, it was all about trying to take care of Seth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we were good friends. But then again, my mom, what's really weird is my mother started caring for her because when she came back, she was pregnant. And oh, I so was the convinced kid is not yours. We don't know that yet. Mm. So we're convinced that the last time that we dabbled was right before she left. Oh, okay. So, you know, rest of heart, you're assured that that was my kid. And uh, so, you know, my mom keeps it around. But the reason why my mother was keeping her around mm-hmm. is because she convinced her that when the baby was born, that she could take it, mm. which I never understood why all this mess is going on, you know, me being the non-educated young man, you know, even though I was graduated high school, I still was not still backwards. Think I was a young man. I didn't know what was going on. I had to respect the authority of what my mother was doing, thought she was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, court battle after court battle, I won. Okay. When I finally won because Lambda Legal stepped in and brought in a professional. So without them, you don't think you would have, you would have stood a chance. I probably wouldn't have because really? I didn't know how to go that route that they were taking me. I I probably would have still been in the dark. Because technically on paper, you just said that you had lost, right? I did. And then I, your I lost. lawyer friend from church saw their mistake. Yeah, in the they saw filing. their mistake because they said between of God and nature. So when I contacted Lenda Legal, Lenda Legal paid for everything. Wow. They stepped in. Took a hold of it because I had been discriminated against. Not because I was a gay person, mm-hmm. but because of them saying... Your you know, human rights. My human rights. So, um, you know, I had Oprah contacted me. Wow, I've really? Had, and I, you know, several different talk shows because I guess I contacted them and they saw this case where this gay man was being assaulted against, but I didn't want to be a part of all that. I just wanted my kid. So I won. He come home. Like a year later, he'd come home and to live with, with me and his brother. Uh, he, when he finished school, he was come home. It was the best Christmas gift a person can have because half semester. Take a wild guess what I got on Christmas morning. A subpoena. An email from my mother telling me that my youngest child that I fought for custody for and won was not my biological kid. 
What? Yeah. Is this truth or she is fucking with you? No. Well, at that point, I thought she was just doing that to be mean. Hey, then they forced the DNA on us. It was court ordered DNA. So what is the deal with this lady? Like, if she's a lesbian, why does she keep hooking it's up not with her? Men? It's just my mother. I mean, her mom. Oh, well, mom? she was a nympho. She was a psychologically. So was she nympho. lesbian or was she bi? Do you think? I think she just wanted to have a licking and a stick. She just wanted <laughs> maybe just attention from anybody. I think anybody. she just needed attention from anyone that could give it to her. Because mind you, she's had two other children. Oh wow! She had a total of four kids. God damn! They were all born like a year later or a year and a half later. Really? So my my boys have two other brothers. So do you have anything to do with the son that you thought was yours? Oh yeah. I mean, I thought it didn't matter, even yeah. though the DNA proved that he was not biologically mine. It, he was still my son because that's my kid, you know, born in my marriage. But, you know, I'm going to love him. Nobody else stepped up to be his daddy for the past, you know, ever since he was born. You know, I don't care that that's just DNA. Who cares? You know, but uh, that did hurt. That hurt a lot. But it made me love him more. Mm. You know, what do so. you think about the whole thing that's going on with Tennessee right now with the gay um, I find adoption? It, I find it very sad. Yeah, I really do. Just I find it sad. That's all I could say. It's just you, well, you have all this Bible Belt crap and all this religious nuts. So, like, you know? what is the whole deal? Like, I haven't really looked into it. Um, I saw a friend of mine made a post about it because they adopted a child, and he was just like saying, like, if you know, if this would have came on later, you know, they possibly wouldn't have this kid, and this kid's living his best life, you know, right now that the kid possibly wouldn't have if they wouldn't be able to adopt him. And to me, it's like, why does it matter if the people are same sex or not? Well, from what I read a little bit, because this, it, uh, it tugs at my heartstrings a little bit being a, a gay father, you know, and fighting for the custody of my son, mm-hmm. who was not my son. But, um, my understanding is someone of the religious entities, mm-hmm. you know, get religious organizations felt their rights were being violated. Because they felt, you know, we don't want to, it's not the Christian thing to do, you know, yeah. up, up condone homosexuality or marriage, you know, I'm pretty sure that's where it's stemming from. It's what I'm kind of gathering, but they wanted to prevent them from being sued by someone because they weren't, you know, following, you know, well, you're discriminating against us because we want to adopt a kid, you know, and that's, I think that's what it was. Cause it's not just, it's not just the gays who are being, and it also meant that if a Jewish person could not, if a Jewish person went to a Catholic organization mm-hmm. to adopt a child, they have a right to refuse them of that because they're not Catholic. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So oh, it's, so they. So it's it's also religious. Together, yeah, they did together. all. They slopped it it's all like together. It's like they're they're going yeah. back to uh, segregation, pretty much. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of stupid. I mean, it is, it's very ignorant and it's making us all look bad here in Tennessee. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. talking about it all across the country or probably around the world by now. Right. But like, what difference does it make if your dad, if you have a two dads, you know, as long as your two dads love you? Cause you could have had a mom and dad and adopt you and your dad could beat you and, you know, you could, it could be bad either way, you know what I'm saying? But who's to say that two guys can't love a child? Look at, look at Thacker and Matthew. You know, they, lo- what's his son's name? Rowan. Rowan. They you know, love- he and I share the same birthday. Oh, man. <laughs> mm. But yeah. like, who's to say, you know, if Thacker and them couldn't get the kid, what kind of life would that kid be living right now? He might exactly. still be in foster care or, yeah. you know, worse in some kind of shit 
foster right. system, you know, like a foster family. And I know a couple of people that have gone through that when they grew, were kids and stuff. And they say not all of it is bad, you know, like out of 10, three of the families are really bad, you know, but like That's you just one you, too many. Yeah. You just get, it's like you get lucky in the foster system, whether you actually get p- people that care about you because, um, or you, or you don't. And then like some people like handicapped children and stuff like that. A lot of the, a lot of people adopt them because the government fucking pays you to keep right. them. It's just a pay- paycheck. It's like a paycheck. You get a, fa- it's ahead, interesting. Ahead, it's interesting that you said that. Um, because uh, this situation with my youngest son is uh, when we discover that he's not biologically mine, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that you shouldn't tell a 12-year-old or 13-year-old child. Especially if you didn't But my that, mother, right? my mother felt it was right to tell him, well, that's not your dad. Mm. And it tore him up mentally. Yeah. So here he is getting that mental abuse that I had had. And when he would come around, I would not talk bad of my mother. I wouldn't even talk about the stuff because mm-hmm. that's not what we're to discuss, you know, yeah. but then you have this child who, you know, from the age of 12 all the way to 16, who was going through this mental battle mm-hmm. of this man is not my dad. Why am I living here to this crazy, crazy, um, psychological battle that I was dealing with, with him. And, um, you know, by the time he was 16 and, you know, he, he kind of cut up and act a fool at my school and, I had no choice but to say, are you really wanting to go back? Because I had to think about what was the best interest of the child, even though he's 16 years old. I said, Aaron, do you want to go back to your grandmother's? Yes. I said, get your stuff. Because it's not that I didn't want to go through what was going through no more. It's because I loved him enough that I don't care how I felt, you know, it's about him. He's just a young, a young kid who, who has an emotional attachment to my mom. And I can't, I can't fight that. And he goes back and he is still going through all that stuff. And what does he do? He ends up drawing the check. Guess who gets the check? Your mom. Mom. So there you go. It's a big psych. I it mean, is. it's a psychological It's like, you know, there. and I, you know, I, I noticed this at my, in my parents' neighborhood. Because I saw all these ramps being built all over, like all over different houses and stuff mm-hmm. on different streets that I grew up on. It's kind of like, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then I started talking to some one of my neighbors, and they were like, "Oh, well, they adopted they adopted um, a special needs child that has it requires a wheelchair mm-hmm. and is and is um, um, mentally retarded, right?" And so they were like. And and then the lady was telling me, well, you know, they just adopted that kid because they get fucking like four thousand dollars a month, and you know they they're not spending, but maybe five six hundred a month on that kid, feeding it and feeding him and or her clothing them, you know, and that's the ex- extent of it. And it's just I don't know, it's just weird, it's crazy that yeah, you take you take this kid out of foster, you take this kid into your home as a foster home, and we'll give you five thousand dollars a month, you know, like mm-hmm. wouldn't it be better for the kid? Just to stay in the fall, even the, because you know a child like that's not going to know what's going on anyways. Wouldn't it be better for the that child just to stay in a system that maybe people are actually going to give a fuck about him, mm-hmm. than, and then shipping him off as, as a paycheck to somebody just well, to get him out of the system, quote unquote. Well, you know, and their argument, the argument is they feel because they're homosexual, if they're getting a boy, they might molest. They might, they might molest. Yeah, I touch. Yeah. So let me share this with you. When I was in the court proceedings, now. 
Mind you, they did not know that I had a professional witness within the courtroom. Mm-hmm. She didn't even acknowledge me at all when we came in. She came in a back way. You know, it, it was it's an open hearing. Certain people can be within the room if they want to. And there she was. Now, she's a psychologist here in in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had um, did several counseling sessions with me and the boys together, separate, you know, for at least a month or two or more. We had to go at least two or three times a week, you know. She was building her case. And, um, of course, they didn't know who she was, and then they called her up. It was a big bombshell on them. They were like, oh, Because she sat back there in the back and witnessed. She sat right beside Aaron. Aaron kind of didn't know who she was, but right beside my cousin who was writing notes and passing them down there. She was watching everything they were writing about what they needed to say and what they needed to do, mm-hmm. and she testified to all that, what she saw, the psychological battle going on. But it was that woman's testimony that won, but... While she was there, they brought up the subject so about uh, molestation. You know, it's higher among straight people than it is among gay people for that to even happen. Because really? nine times out of ten, the gay person themselves probably were molested. Molested, and uh, but it's mostly the straight straight males or straight females taking advantage that. of the kids. Take advantage of the kids. Yeah. Do you um? <sighs> Are you comfortable talking about yeah, molestation no stuff? I have no problem with it. Um, I'm at ter- I'm at peace with all that. Yeah. So, like, how old were you when the first time you recall you were molested? I was probably kindergarten, first grade. That's the first episode I remember. And was it an adult? It was an adult. Like yeah. how? Like it was my mom's youngest brother. Really? Yeah. That's when I had the belt being oh. slapped in the face. I remember all that. Really. And then from that point on, I'm, I think my mind has gone blank. I don't remember really a lot of the other stuff. And then when you get older, you know, incest is real. It's a real thing. Sometimes it's hard to talk about. Um, but I, I'm not embarrassed. No, you shouldn't be. It's not, I, I'm not embarrassed. It wasn't it. my fault. You know, yeah. anything I chose to do. But um, my dad's oldest brother uh, tried to fool around with me. Every one of his children, all of his kids, they all touch me, and they're all older than I. You know, I can remember even trying to defend myself, saying so and so touched me. You know, I tell my mom, so and so did such and such. Will you just tell him we're going to cut his balls off next time? You know, they never would believe me. These people never fucking ever believe me when I was telling them those things. Do you, you know? Do you think like maybe she was just covering for her good name family? Good name, my ass. Well, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know how people cover that shit up. Oh, it's just oh, and then like some, some like say an uncle or somebody will touch a girl, like a young girl. Oh, it's you know like they did obviously like they did you just to save save the family's well, name, you know, I, or whatever I, or what it's called. I'm I'll not tell sure you what. what I tell you what she did. She didn't want my dad to know because at one time when I was 17 years old, 16, 17, I told him about this episode, this neighborhood, this neighbor man. Try to fool with me and my my friends. My dad got in a car mm-hmm. and had a gun and went to that man's house and had a gun in his hand. I'll never forget that. And my what? dad wanted to kill. So, you know, my dad really wanted to kill this man for yeah. what he had done. It was all but dramatic. So my mom never would never would tell dad. I just played off like it was nothing. 
you know. Was it too hard for you to tell your dad about it? Or I didn't know easier? how to talk to my dad about it. I was scared. Right. So uh, it, your mom was your like more comfort well, for you at that time? I just felt that I I needed to tell her something, you know. And you needed to tell somebody. You know, I needed like, to tell somebody. Yeah. I'll tell you this though. Mm-hmm. I had an aunt, which is the wife to the uncle that fooled with me. Um, you know, all of her kids, all the she knew what was going on with that crazy ancestral family, and she was my favorite aunt mm-hmm. because. She knew every time they say, Oh, hey, Matt, so and so wants you to go out there and help him do blah, blah, blah. Aunt Francis would speak up and say, No, he's in here helping me. He's got to do the dishes. So you get she, on over there. She suspected something. She did really? for the longest time. And then she started seeing how they were doing. And, you know, you can be in here, you can go in there. And she was, she was preventing me. She always kept me at her side every time because she knew what was going on, but she couldn't say anything. There was nothing that could be done. What can you do? And, um, even though she never really said anything, I think she just knew. And she became my favorite aunt because she protected me from these idiots who had wandering hands. So when you when it started happening, did you think it became normal? In all honesty, I did. When I was 14, 15, I just thought it was a normal thing. Hey, we're going to go down here. Oh, yeah, hey, let's go down by the riverside and let's go jack off. Oh. You know, to me, it, I just thought it was a, a normal thing that was going on i just really in all honesty i really did thought that this is a, a normal way of life and so you think it's more common for family members to do it than outside family members i you know i, I don't know mm. it seems like all those things i've ever seen has always been like a family member yeah like yeah. do you think i'm not making excuses for them but do you think they were possibly molested too i'm thinking it's hereditary really you know why i think it's hereditary why is that it's because i have my grandfather bothered his daughter uh-huh. and had two children by them. Oh, wow. So where do you think that comes into play if they choose, like, or do you think those guys were gay? I don't or is think. Or more like a I power? Don't think just, it, just, I just don't think it's a gay thing. I think, because they all, all of them had gotten married, but the one who, one of them who'd gotten married went to penitentiary because he was fooling around with his own kids. So I think it was just something that was just handed down to the, you know, and every one of them who has ever touched me in the wrong manner, karma got every one of them, every one of them. Hmm. But, you know, um, it, it's sick. I think that they were just all sick in their head. In all honesty, I just, just think it's sick. I don't know if it was. I can't explain it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't wrap my head around, you know, ever touching a kid like that. No, I can't either. And it makes me sick, makes me nauseous to think that. It's a, so you guys are saying, or we're all agreeing, I think, on this. We think it's like learned behavior. It could like be you, a you learned see behavior. They, they see this uncle doing it, so the other uncle's like, well you, want me to go? well, you know, okay, let me go down there and see what's going on and do it too. It's kind of like maybe when you see your mom get beat up by your dad, so then you beat up your girlfriend, or your wife. Right. Kind of, it's kind of like you kind of always you seeing it, you yeah. know, and it's maybe something like, I think it might be 50, 50 where like you're saying, I guess it could be like a mental sickness. Like you're just wired right. differently. It just wired differently. And then there may have been a thing where it's a learned behavior and it happened to you. So, you know, you, now you're, you know, you're confused. And so you do it to other people because like you said, you thought it was normal, you know, to touch yeah. or be touched by adults or whatever. Well, um, I can tell you this, right before the first person I ever remember touching me, right before um, when I was in college, 
uh, this is when things started coming to uh, a head in my mind where I could start getting a wrap around my head of who I really was. Um, the, this brother, this uncle, my mom's brother, was coming and visiting. And um, for some reason, you know, they were there for like a week or two or something like that. I heard they were in town. And I go there. And uh, the first time I, I saw him had, had been a while. I, st- I got a very nauseous feeling when I was around him. And it was almost like I was having these flashbacks of these crazy things that was going on. Mm-hmm. So I started seeing, a, a, you know, I went to see a therapist a week or so. And then um, I went back to my my mom's to visit and he was there and he was trying to ask me for these some pain pills because I just got through having a sinus surgery and he was asking me for these pills. I thought, I don't get it. And he was... Um, he saw that I was very distant from him, didn't want to be around him, didn't want to talk to him, felt very nasty. And uh, I was walking through the house, and I went to my mom's bedroom back to the back to get something. He come over, and he stopped me, looked at me. And I didn't want to be in a room with him. And I was, I'm an adult now. I didn't want to be in a room with this man. He And he looked at me, and he says, I think I know what's wrong with you. And I said, how could you possibly know what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. He says, if I had ever in my lifetime done anything to hurt you, I'm sorry. So he was feeling guilty? He was. Now, this is a preacher man. He wouldn't apologize. How old? Saying like he, if he, yeah. Yeah, and I didn't know how Matthew, to take I'm that. sorry. But, but, but I'm thinking, is he thinking back about something? And I, then I looked at him. I said, you know what you did to me. How old were you when this happened? I was well when when the apology apology happened. I was no, no. Uh, when he, oh, I was you. probably kindergarten or so. Oh wow! And, and that's the first time you remember anything. That's happening. the first time I remember anything happening. And um, but when I said, you know what happened to me, and he and he truly said, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. You know, and I, I felt like this weight was just lifted off of me. And do you know that man passed away not even three weeks later? Really. And but to me, that sparked me to be able to go to, you know, I was going to see someone because of this attention deficit disorder, but they they were hypnotizing me. And hypnotism is really real if you really want to be hypnotized. Really? They dug dug deep down in there Hmm. and they found some things that I didn't realize to have repressed down. We bring them out. We talk about them. And, um, you know, I learned that it was not my fault. That uh, uh, sorry. It's okay. That people were taking advantage of me as a as an individual, and um, there was possibly nothing I could do about it. But all I can think in my mind was, I cannot. For me to be a better person, I cannot have a grudge, and I cannot hate these people, because that will make me like them. Mm. And so I wanted to turn my life around. And uh, I, and it wasn't religion that did that. It was just that I wanted to love each person that I saw. I wanted to be nice. You know, I could be bitchy and crazy every once in a while, but I just wanted to help the next person that I saw and be really nice to them. And I can't explain to you how this journey that I've been going on for the longest time, but it made me love my boys more. Really? It made me fight for them and stand up for them. And even though we've had our ups and downs, Mm-hmm. What family does it? Nobody's family doesn't go through that kind yeah, of stuff. You know, so ups and downs. 
But I felt what theirs does not tear you down really makes you stronger. So do you you accredit, I guess, therapy to helping you get through a lot of this? The right therapist. Really? Because there was a couple of therapists that I would go see. One was saying, well, you're always going to be gay, but you don't have to act on it. You know, I said, I don't see you no more. You know, because I was trying to decide in my life, am I sexually attracted to men because of these people were touching me in the wrong manner? Or do I not like fat women or want to be around fat women because the people who were molesting me were fat women? You know what I'm saying? Right. Oh, you were molested by women too? Yeah. Yeah. All, Are these remember all family? those kids? Yeah, those family members. Wow. You no, know, being forced to do things you didn't want to do. So it was a fine balance. But then what I really learned that, you know, uh, that really had nothing to do with those things. It's just. You're born gay. Yeah. I, right? I mean, this I am the way. Who I am. Yeah, God made And yeah. I think they knew that when I was a kid. I think they knew that, and they thought they just took me being gay as being weak. Oh, okay. Oh, we can do with this to him. He's he's gay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and you know we won't but, get in. You know, we'll still get in heaven. It but I may, yeah, but that makes me stronger now. Yeah, you know, it makes me stronger mentally. You know, and so. So, what advice would you have for like a kid or a woman or a man that's been taken advantage of? Tell someone. Tell somebody. Uh, if it's a kid, you tell someone right then and there. Don't play around with it. And if one adult doesn't listen to you, you keep telling someone until so they someone do listens. listen to you. And you detail it until you can tell someone to do that. And, you know, if adults, if you had, if you've gone through that yourself in life, it's not anything that you did wrong. You shouldn't know, be ashamed. Shouldn't be ashamed. Yeah. You should go and see someone, find yourself a good therapist. If they come in and start recommending medicine and all that stuff, you don't talk to them. You'll know when it's the right person because they'll let you talk and they'll, they'll guide you in good positive directions, you know, and um, you just have to find a good therapist to, to talk to, to talk these things out. Non-medicating therapist yeah. is the key. Yeah. Uh, I have a buddy that, um, he, he's going to see somebody and then the therapist was like, well, I need to put you on these drugs. And because, you know, you've been coming to me long enough now and it's not helping. So I need to put you on drugs. And I told my buddy, don't be a fucking idiot and take that shit. No. And it's going to put you, it's not going to help you. It's going to make you be on these, whatever four drugs it was. I was like, I don't think it's going to help. It you. just, it just buries what's already there. It does it just kind of covers it up like alcoholism. You drink, you don't think about those things no more, you know? And, um, Everybody has their own way of dealing with it, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I felt I needed to talk about it. I don't want that first ounce of sympathy mm-hmm. at all. Um, I'm not embarrassed that I'm talking about these things because I feel that maybe you could help somebody. I could help someone, Yeah, you know, and um, I, I knew one time. It helps you to see things. My son was um, uh, going to Snowden School, and for some reason, there was some little girl that he was caught with under the stairs, kissing, oh, I don't man. know what it was. Mm-hmm. But um, her grandfather or this older gentleman was picking him up at school, and they all had to have a talk with him. Next thing you know, this man's coming in and saying, hey, you know, well, I just wanted to come over and see your son and hang out with him and... um Maybe he wants to go to Cub Scouts or something, you know, take me here and there. I thought, what's this man doing showing up at my door? So I confronted the school about this guy who just kept coming over, try to come by our apartment, try to talk to us and all that stuff. And one day, just so happened, 
the two people who, um, this male and female older people who were good friends of ours in the church was coming by in the afternoon to get the boys. Mm-hmm. And they saw that man getting his car. And he come up to have a talk with me. He says, I know who that is. He says, that man had been arrested for child molestation. Wow. And we're pretty sure that they might be bothering that girl. And I went to the school. I said, don't let this man near my kid. And But I sensed that. You know what I'm saying? I sense that this is not right. His behavior is, you know. Just a you, predator. Right, just a predator. And you could, you could sense people like that. You know, just hang on. Just just hang on. There is hope out there. But you got I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. You. You're good. You've got to have the want to. You've got to have the desire to change yourself. If you fall in a mud puddle, do you lay in the damn mud all the time? No. Do you get up out of it? So when you get out of the mud, do you walk around with those dirty clothes on all the time? No. No, you wash them. Mm-hmm. You clean them. If they don't work, you throw those away and you buy you some more. You keep going. That's just my analogy of that is just whatever happened to you. It could take you months. It could take you years, but you just don't give up. Do you think people can be rehabilitated? I do. You think so? I was. You just got to learn to love yourself, you know? And that's the that's the key. I used to beat myself up so much. I would think about that. And if I'd go and had a drink or two and get a little tipsy and drunk, and that shit would creep in my head. Until I learned to take hold of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, snap out of that shit. How does that affect you today? Well, I always you know? say, like, uh, when something bothers you, you basically are controlling your mind and saying, mm-hmm. I'm going to let this bother me, yes or no. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to let something upset you. You're making the choice to let something bother you. Right. Something that you physically can't control. Like, uh, if somebody's coming at you, that's something different. But there's something in your head, like, as far as anger. I'm not talking about, like, mm-hmm. some depression or anything right. like that. But, like, just as far as being angry or whatever, you can say, hey... I have the right to say, stop this right now, or I can just let this consume me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot of things that helped me is uh, my therapy was, you know, I, I love music, you know, yeah. I'm a music person. Um, um, you know, I love teaching children those things and uh, I enjoy music ever so much. Music is very therapeutic for me. I mean, I've written songs, you know, or just sit out at the piano and just, play anything that comes to mind. It was just, no, that was my way of getting out of this crazy world. But your life is how you make it. You, if you want to be happy, then you get up and you do things that make you happy. You know, I think it's like I said, I really think it's who you surround yourself with and what right. you consume. Right. And all that stuff. Cause if you're around people that are negative and mm-hmm. they just don't see any light, it, it really brings you down, man. It's like, fuck, this is so depressing. Do you know I used to be like that? Do you know I used to be so freaking negative about everything? And um, and then I started seeing that that's the same way that my mother is yeah. to this day. And I always made a you know, about myself that I would, well, not about, but made it a goal that I would never wanted to be like her. Do you ever... Um did you ever realize when you were that way that people kind of distanced themselves from you? I did. Really? I did. And I noticed that, you know, a lot of people weren't there. And sometimes you don't know that you're doing that. You you just think because it, it's a way of life. And then you start realizing that you are the toxic person. Yeah. Because sometimes like, you know, people will say something and you're like, man, what the fuck is wrong with that person? You know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes, like I said, it's just that it's so they're used to hearing that. So they think it's normal, mm-hmm. you know? And maybe if they get around people that aren't like that, maybe they'll be like, 
okay, maybe I shouldn't be like that. Yeah. And, you know, and it, it takes a while. If you're ever wrong, you just have the first step is you have to realize that and accept the fact that you're wrong and change it. You can apologize all you want to. Mm-hmm. But after you make the apology, it's your actions afterwards. You got to make that change. Yeah. If you still do go back and do the same thing again, then you really weren't sorry, you know? Mm-mm. No. And uh, and I have a cl- very close dear friend, Teresa. She and I talk all the time. I just I, I enjoy her friendship, and uh, she is one of the people that that you know I, I feel that she's in my back. My my friend. Uh, I don't know how to say it. She's my my cheering person. Okay. She's my. Biggest supporter. My big supporter of that because she saw there was times that I was, uh, that I had been this toxic person. And she herself saw that and sees that change in me. And I'm talking about within the past three years, yeah. two or three years of how I've learned how to get out of those, those things. And, um, one was because I was taking medicine I didn't need to be on. And, uh, it caused me to really stay in that negative world. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I just started, after I got out of that medication, I just started doing things that made me happy and surrounding myself with good people. Did you ever, like, have fits of depression? Uh, I think the, uh, it's kind of hard to say what, you know, depression is. Um, I do know when I was, several years ago, probably about eight years ago or so, when I, when I lost my first job as a teaching, I was I didn't really lose my job. I just couldn't teach at that school no more. They started moving us around, and I got really sad. Mm-hmm. And just kind of uh, went to like a dark place. Or yeah, whatever. just went to a dark place, and I wasn't shaving. Didn't want to shower. Didn't want to take care of myself. I felt like I didn't have friends. Yeah, didn't want to be around people. And and um, I did at one time think that well, you know, should I hurt myself? Should I go through these things? Then I started talking to myself and saying, "Hey, self, you don't want to, yeah. you don't do that. That's that's ridiculous because you're going to cause more pain to to someone else." But then I just thought the joy of Seth, you know, mm. and I can, I won't say this. I'll I'll never forget. You know, I used to think that my dad was this mean, mean man or whatever, but he was really a gentle giant, you know, and he only whipped us to keep us in line. Um, I was a daddy's boy for a while, and then it when this court battle started going that split us really bad. Really? And, um, well, five years ago, December the 26th, my father left this world, Mm. but the last 21 days of his life, the universe set it up to where my father and I just ourselves could spend those 21 days together by ourselves. And, um, he he had been going through all these things. He had to be here in Memphis to have a trach put in for the second time because those selfish people kept reviving him. Every time he would get sick and die and have his heart attack, they'd revive him and revive him, revive him. And I'll never forget that August of the same year he died, I witnessed, my son and I both witnessed his life going out of his body really? and then resuscitating him right then and there. And that really started making me think. Really hard. That's five years ago. It started making me think really, really hard. I've never been around death like that. And, um, you know, weeks later, he's fine, and then he's back sick again. And But he ended up coming down here to Memphis to be real, rehabilitated, mm-hmm. right down the street from me at Methodist. And I go in every day. Don't you know that my father and I were able to talk? 
Well, it's awesome. And we were able to talk about things that I've always wanted to talk to my daddy about and ask daddy and said, daddy, did you know this was happening? Did you know that was going on? And, and I found out that my mother was the one lying to him all the time, keeping him in the dark. And, um, it was beautiful. Um, he, he said, son, I'm sorry. And I said, daddy, the apologies accepted, but you can't apologize for something you didn't know you were, you were doing. And, um, who in this world can say the very last words I ever heard my father say was, I love you, son. Don't forget me. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget that. Um, I gave him my blessing that if he wanted to die, if I was sitting there holding his hand, I said, dad, if you were to go to sleep right now, I'd let you, you know, and, and I felt I needed, needed that growth. I mean, I was afforded this opportunity to be with my father these last 21 days of his life to patch up all the, everything was gone, you know, and holding his big hands, you know, and um, those were precious moments to me. As a matter of fact, my group, you know, I had the Memphis Camerata mm-hmm. Choir Ensemble. We were still all just men at that time. I went in on that Thursday and we sang for him. Uh, Drummer Boy, which is his favorite carol, and uh, another tune. I can't remember what the other tune was, but to watch his little bottom lip quiver, you know. And he went back to, uh, to Kentucky, and he was bragging to my my nephew about, man, Matthew's really doing his thing down there. I didn't know he was doing all this. I'm so proud of him. He never knew that I did all this stuff in Memphis, and, you know, because all he ever got painted was that picture from the negative person. And, uh, so I feel that, you know, that weight had been lifted, you know, who had that opportunity that I did, I wasn't sad every time my dad would roll around, you know, dad's death day would come up. I was thinking, oh, it's December the 26th. Yeah. My father left this earth did your, five years ago. Did so. you and your mom always have a bad relationship? You know, I'm thinking that we have, um, it's just never has been a good Good relationship. Do you think it turned when your brother passed away? It, it did. I felt she was angry with me. And mm-hmm. um, I saw a thing on Judge Judy once. Uh, Judge Judy was trying to solve this case between these two people. And one was a mother who was dealing with the death of her son. And uh, the mother was angry. I think it was at the daughter-in-law at the time and trying to take all these things away from the daughter-in-law. It was really hateful. And I'll never forget Judge Judy saying, you know, you can get the, over the death of a friend. You can get over the death of a dog, but you can never ever get over the death of your child. And that's one thing that my mama never did do. She never got up because she witnessed it. My mom and my, uh, dad witnessed the death of my son, I, my mom, my, my brother. Really? Um, it happened when I was about two and a half years old. We was riding in the truck with the uncle who, Mm-hmm. Touched me wrong. Was riding in the truck and they turned into this driveway and it was an old 68 and, uh, the handle, you know, I had to pull it up, push down and lock it. And I can remember, well, only thing I remember is getting in the car at the store and I remember falling in a ditch and I remember somebody putting a, like a vitamin E pill or something like that on my knee yeah. and wouldn't let me turn around. That's all I remember. But the story is my oldest brother fell. It was against the door. He fell out into the road as we turned in the driveway. I fell into the ditch, and then Daniel started to fall out 
he was standing next against my uncle and he started to fall out and my uncle reached over to grab his diaper and it tore and he fell out under the truck and he threw on the brake when he did and ran over his head. Oh, oh my God. And my parents witnessed that. Now I never saw that. Yeah. Um, but all of my life, I sure was reminded of it. I was sure was reminded of it. And I feel that that anger was taken out on me. To this day, she still takes care of my older brother. But I was the one who was the black sheep, always treated, I'm the baby now. You could, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I don't hate my mom. I don't. Uh, but the mother that I knew, once knew, years ago, has died. And and I know that sounds morbid. But I've already I've already mourned her. It's just, you know, she's already married her nephew by marriage and all this crap. You know, it's crazy. I crap. remember you telling me that. Yeah, that's a crazy what? story. What you ready for that one? Yeah, I mean, what the <laughs> this fuck? crazy woman? So there was this. Um, I've told you it's crazy. So there is this guy that she got married to. I was like a year or so later. I started noticing mama changing up, really different and. You know, she started, she got out of that depression she was all in. Mm-hmm. And she got involved with this guy and uh, kind of find out it was her first love before dad. Yeah. I thought, oh, that's nice. Oh, oh that's real nice. Next thing you know, she's moving in with you. Oh, that's nice. You know, I kept thinking, yeah. oh, great. Mom's moving on in her life. And one day I was on the Facebook and I was scrolling through and I saw my mother make this post. Y'all all think about Elaine now. She's not doing too well. And, you know, uh, Elaine, ooh, as soon as I saw her face, those pictures, I swear it was like I was being shoved back in time. I started smelling these aromas and these crazy things. And what was really sad is I, was, I could smell the odor of an armpit. Mm. It's terrible. Yeah. But Elaine always had stinking armpits. Uh-huh. Kind of find out this is the girl who was a grade behind me. I was in seventh grade. She was sixth grade. And she was sweet on me. And she liked me. I didn't like her. I knew I was a gay boy because you know, I knew in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I was uh, walking around holding hands with her, and I'd purposely swing her arm up so everybody would see the hair in her armpits. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was really mean to her. But my mom said, you cannot be friends with her. You stay away from her. Why? Because that's your cousin. I said, it's my cousin. I don't even know her. That's your Uncle Dennis's granddaughter. My mom's oldest sister. Mm-hmm. Her husband had two children before they married. Wow. And brought those two men in. Well, I kept thinking, that's Elaine. <gasps> that's her dad, Donnie. Oh, my God. Oh, this is making my stomach turn. Jesus that Christ. was mother's nephew, by marriage. So she took on her sister's maiden, her sister's name of Evans. Oh, she done married somebody. I mean, I know it's just by marriage. Come on. And a man's dead. But it's the thought of it. You know what I'm saying? That's that is, just fucked up. That's it is fucked it up is Kentucky. Two, two frogs in a blender. Well, you know, that's the thing. Like, I'm not trying to get off topic, but yeah. it's like with porn now. It's like a, it's all stepmom, yeah. step, you know, sister, brother, porn. <laughs> like, it's not normal, man. It's not normal. Here we go from Why talking we... about Matthew's <laughs> porn. <laughs> it's only brings up no, the porn. No, but I'm saying that's <laughs> 40 not. minutes in. That's not. That's fine. But that's not normal that you can, um, you know, you want to. Fuck somebody that is supposedly your your relative. Yeah, that is fucking weird. And but what you just said about porn though, it is, man. Like 
every fucking video in the feed is step this or step brother this or yeah. you know it's like mm. or yeah, dad this and yeah it's very odd it's, I, don't, I just don't get it it used to be all about babysitters remember like well, now, i mean that's illegal if you think about it because usually you're gonna have babysitters a babysitter. like 15 14 10 uh, that's just nuts oh let me um let me talk to you about something to me yes yeah, so to you um oh. matthew stepped away for a second what do you think about uh when you buy somebody a christmas present and they're either not appreciative of the christmas present or they don't give you a christmas present well i don't know i have a personal experience in this because i brought my friend brad a christmas present of a bottle of antique weller and he loves the monetary value on this bottle, would you say? About 140. Maybe. That's an expensive gift. But one if you find a if you find if you go to a liquor store you've always been going to, you probably get it for 120. Yeah. But if you just some Joe off the street, oh god, you got the red weller. I want that. Mm-hmm. 129.99 plus tax. Yeah. You know, some whatever. But like, so I got him that and I just and I don't know, like he always says let's come and eat there and stuff like that. Yeah. And like you said, like, you know, we always go there to hang out with his family, so you need to get him something. I was like, fuck. Well, I was like, you know what? And then I was in the liquor store that I knew that had it, and they were like, well, you know, we can't sell it to you because, you know, we have a list for it and all this bullshit. I was like, no, 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 I need this. And I was called the manager, I mean, the owner that I was friends with. So you're the Karen? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I called the owner, and I was like, hey, man, it's Raul. He's like, what's up, man? It's like... I need a favor. Can you tell your salesman to sell me the Weller, please, that I need for my buddy? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put him on the phone. And he's like, just give him what he wants. And and because, you know, I've always do these guys favors, you know? Yeah. Like, take him a bunch of samples and shit. And they can, I'm pretty sure they sell the samples because I've never seen this guy drink a single sample I was any, ever given, given him. But like, so I got that for Brad. And um, I wasn't expecting anything because, you know, we always eat there and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but, I did buy this bitch uh, a Chris, adult Christmas presents this year, and who is this bitch? Your bitch ass. Oh, oh okay. And you were not appreciative of the expensive ass toothbrush I bought and the expensive <laughs> ass water pick I bought when your little bitch ass was talking about it a couple weeks ago. Oh well, yeah, they told me I need to get a wild. I just got my teeth clean, and yeah. the lady's like, you- I always ask her for tips. Because ever since I started going, my teeth have gotten so much. Here's your so tip much. of the day. Don't be a dick. Don't be a douche. Let me, let me talk. No. Okay. That's what you do. You interrupt us. I wasn't interrupting. You're interrupting. So anyways, you, uh, Matthew's back. I'm back now. Hey. What you going to do in the bathroom? Hmm. Did well, you leave me a little uh, present? Did I did. Off? I did. I left you a little present. You go in there, it smells like somebody slaughtered a cow. Oh. Well, you know, <laughs> we both, uh, Tony cleaned his bathroom area, and then I cleaned my bathroom area today, too, and uh, our rooms are spotless, so. Well, good. You know, and um, I just want to say this, well, you know, from what we said, we'll go, yeah. um, the, uh, RuPaul always said his phrase, and I love it. My best advice to people is to love yourself. Because if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? You know, and I got through all that stuff because, you know, I was a person who couldn't read music. Even though I could sing, I went and got a degree in music, music education. That's all. I learned how to read. It took me a long time to do that, but I learned to do it. I've, uh, music is powerful. You know, that's another story for another time, but. Music helped me. I found something that I loved 
and I pursued it. You know, I'm excited to say that. Start my master's in music on Tuesday. Whoa! <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yes, and uh, in a study of ORF, schoolwork, schoolwork, which means schoolwork. It's um, it's what I do every day. I'm getting my master's in what I do every day. Are you day. taking night classes? No, I'm taking it all online. Oh, okay. So all my brother, I don't know why my fucking brother is doing this, but he is getting um another degree. You know, he's already a doctor mm-hmm. down at St. Jude doing mm-hmm. research and... I don't know what the fuck is going on because like he, I saw him, I saw something on the computer at their house and it was some online. He's like, oh yeah, I'm just picking it back up, you know. I was like, fuck. I was like, why? You, what do you need it for? But yours is completely different because well, you want to pursue well, it. And I set a goal in life. I, you know, I'm the only one who graduated from high school what? with my immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe one or two of them and my other cousins or something like it might have. But within my immediate family, my mom, you know, dad didn't have a re-education. My brother quit school. My mom quit school. But I couldn't make the honor roll like in high school. Shoot, I was a C and D student. But when I got in college, I started making dean's lists and all that stuff. But was it because maybe it was something you were interested in? It, it really was. It's very powerful. Yeah. There is a powerful tool of reason why I teach music. And, um, I mean, if y'all want to go that route, I'll tell you. If Can I this guess is it beautiful. first? Guess it. Guess what I want to guess. Love to teach music. Maybe because because that music is what helped you overcome everything in your in your childhood, and you know, up till you got your son back. Maybe it's very true, and it's all connected. Let me tell you how it's all connected. Fast forward years later, mm-hmm. I'm in college. My brother, my oldest brother. Now I'm not mad at my older brother. I love him. You know, he's always he was my big my. You know, he took care of me as a kid. And we still, if we picked up the phone day, we'd still talk like we did before, even though he's a religious nut now. Mm-hmm. But um, he has four kids, would have had five, but he has four kids. The youngest one, who is 20 something years old now, um, was out playing one day in the yard. Mm-hmm. Same age as my baby brother. He ran out, ran across the gravel road back out in the country. A car hitting, bam. Pinned him out of the car. He had traumatic brain injury. He was trapped under the car, and they got him out of the car. And uh, so you can imagine what kind of detriment that did to my brother. Yeah. My brother can remember everything that happened because he was older. Um, So we're all reliving that scenario. And um, you remember the Teddy Ruxpin? Yeah. You can put a little tape in his yeah. belly, yeah. tell you a story or whatever. Yeah. Well, all the time I'm sitting around the house, I'm always recording myself singing. I had this little little small organ I'd sing with. Or, or if I go to a gospel church somewhere, I'm traveling with a gospel group singing. My brother always recorded those things. Well, Jonathan had been in there for several days, you know, brain swelling, you know, and um, wasn't doing too good. Mm-hmm. But they kept putting this Teddy Ruxpin there and talking while he's in there. He's all wrapped up. And I never wanted to go see him. Yeah. He was in the Vanderbilt in Nashville. And they were trying to take care of him, you know, up at the child center up there. And, uh, but they kept putting this Teddy Ruxpin in there and they put this tape in of him, of me singing all the time. My brother just kept putting him in there, flipping it. And that's when my brother became the religious nut. Every time he would see something in three, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you know, oh, he just saw signs of God everywhere. Because in his mind, he was believing that God, because he got out of church, God was going to take his child away from him. 
But he kept playing that Teddy Ruxpin every day. It come to the time where they were trying to make the decision. Should we turn this machine off? Mm-hmm. And um, my brother wanted me to come up, come in, because they were thinking about doing that. You know, because they, you know, he has traumatic brain injury. What can you do? You know, his brain swelling there. You know how. So I go into the room, and there he is laying there, and your little bit, bit old baby just laying there, and he's all wrapped up, and all you could see is just his little bit of his. His eyes doing something kind of funny. He's all wrapped up in these tubes running out everywhere. You can see where they're draining all this shit. And my brother said, you want to hold it? And I said, no, I can't do that because he can't sit in that chair. So I sat in the rocking chair. Nurse went and got him. They all picked him up and they put him in my arms. Mm-hmm. And I, mind you, all I could see now is just, just, just this eye area. Everything else is all wrapped up. And I was rocking him in the rocking chair. Yeah. And I said, there is coming a day. And his hand flinched. Mm. And the machine started going wacky. I thought, oh, oh, oh my God, what's going on? You know, I thought this child is dying. My arms, what's caught? These yeah. arms are going off because his hand moved. The nurse come running in the room. What did you do? I said, I didn't do anything. I was just singing and his hand moved. You what? Keep going. Where no heartache shall come. And his eyes started to jiggle. Wow. Started being really, really crazy. They took him out of my arms and rushed us all out of the room. And I never knew anything till the next day. I come back in, and there that child is standing up in the baby bed, holding on to railing with a helmet on his head. He'd come out of his coma just like that. Wow. Holy fuck. Because he heard and he felt because I was singing, he connected to whatever was there. And that kid hated me before this accident. <laughs> and now he just couldn't. I can calm him down with singing. You know, he might not be the same. You know, his brain probably thinks back a little bit smaller. But to this day, he's he's graduated high school. Oh, wow. He's, you know, he's gone on and, you know, he's living at home with dad. But music is powerful. And that inspired me to, I have got to get my degree in this. It's powerful. I have got to work with children. It's powerful. I always heard, not about music, but people in comas, like if somebody gets transported in an ambulance or whatever, Mm -hmm. and if the person, like the paramedic is talking negative, like, oh, they're probably not going to make it, sometimes the people will go take a worse for the turn, turn for the worse. But if they're positive, Mm -hmm. they can, um, it might, you know, because you're subconsciously hearing it still. Right. You know, so that's crazy, man, that yeah. you actually experienced it. Yeah, so th- I just found something that made me be better. Yeah. Found something that, instead of being a victim of all of those people doing me wrong, chose to do something about it. Wow. You know, whatever it is in life. Get up, get off your ass, and find something to do. Now, I did, I knew a girl, I don't want to harp on the molestation thing, but I no, knew No, let's don't. I knew a Go girl ahead. that uh, she was molested by her father and she said that it it made her like she her dad like her and her dad she loved her dad though like to me that I just can't fathom like if somebody did something like that bad to me like how can you still love that do person? you know what it's interesting you said that because my aunt who was molested more than once by her dad and her uncle because he had a child somewhere else but those two children who were born she still loved her dad. She still would go over and do things with him. He, no matter what, she still loved him. And I, I can't explain that. Cause this girl, her dad ended up killing himself. Mm-hmm. And you know, me, you're like, oh, this monster finally killed themselves. Mm-hmm. But her, she's like, you know, I miss my dad, blah, blah, blah. I love my dad so much. 
But it's just, I don't know, man. It's hard to get inside someone's head like that. Yeah. And, but when I would hear people, you know, everybody's different. I think we all handled situations differently, don't you? Yeah. I, I think we all, I don't care what the situation is, we all handle it different. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, uh, I, I, if it wasn't for me going to school and making, I wanted to make a difference no matter what. I didn't get to go to college when Seth was born. Um, I gave away a music scholarship and everything, and I moved out on my own when I was 18, right after a divorce and some crazy crap going on with that. But I eventually moved out. Well, I was 19, take that bet. But then I started school in 92 as a late bloomer. Couldn't read music, couldn't do anything. And that incident happened, and I went from being a, a PE cheerleader <laughs> back to music. Uh, I was able to work through all those things, and... I was on this journey and I didn't know what my journey was going to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, then I ended up coming here to Memphis and, but I, I can't, exp- it's really hard to say how, how everyone handles it, but just don't play victim all the time. There, there's, there's help out there. There are people out there that can help you through things. Yeah. You know, but the bottom line is you have got to have the want to. You have got to want to change that. So you're kind of saying, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no. So you're kind of saying, like, you can only play the victim long enough and you're going to have to start taking actions. Well, like I don't you, know you, if they're playing the victim because they are a victim. They are, they are a victim, but do you want to still try, you know, there's help out there. Do you, how can you, you know, I'm telling you, there's help. People can help you. You know, you can find the right people, but just do things that make you happy. So you're saying the best thing to do would be not to, like, say for an adult or a kid later to not to self-medicate or not to uh, just bear with it themselves, like to actually seek somebody to you seek know, talk someone. about talk what's going on. Someone. I, I, and find something that you could do to get your mind off of it, you know, and that's that's what I did. That's yeah. what I personally did. And, uh, and, but I was blessed to have two boys that I raised by myself. Yeah. I was blessed to be able to hold on to them and love them and, and share my love with them and teach them respect about other people. And, um, you know, it helped me take my mind off of it. And I, um, I guess everybody's path is different, but you have got to have. The want to. You have got to decide whether you're going to fix that or not. Would you say that your kids and music saved your life? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I do. I firmly believe that. I, I really do believe my boys saved my life. And I could say this. January the 6th, mm-hmm. a year ago, if I didn't wake my oldest son up, he wouldn't have been here. Uh, I hope Seth doesn't hate me for that, those things. But, um, you know, he has been going through a battle for the past several years. And, uh, but I feel, and I don't want to take no credit for it, but I feel because I shared so much love with him and knowledge of how to take care of yourself, he knew that he must make a choice to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. Yeah, he got up. He would. He went to see these great therapists who who have helped him. And here he is now. He looks great now. He does. Yeah, look I was going to say. You know, I saw a video of him on Facebook. He was salsa yeah, dancing. Yeah, he's salsa and dancing. And I love that he's getting out there and finding. Would have things. never thought that 
what you just said would have been the same guy a year ago. No, you wouldn't have. And and that was a bad, that was a journey, and it was very hard. It was very hard for me to sit in there while he was sitting in this place trying to get himself better. It was very hard for me to do that. And what's even more hard is is our relationship had been tainted for a while. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I was not the the perfect father. Yeah. I was more like trying to be a friend mm-hmm. than trying to be a father. And there's a big difference. You cannot be friends with your children. Argue with me on that. You cannot. They expect you to be their father. They expect you to be their mother. They expect you to guide them. And the relationship you have is not a friendship yeah. relationship. Don't, I mean, it kills me when people say, Oh, my son is my best friend. Oh, my daughter is my best friend. No, they're not. They're your child. Yeah. Love them. Difference, yeah. There is a big difference. If I come up, I mean, I, I love you, Ron, Tony and Rahul. I mean, y'all are good friends to me. I can sit and say I love you because y'all show me love and respect. But me telling you I love you is a totally different me saying I love you to my son. There, there's a difference. And I feel that by, since this has all happened with him, you know, he's been at first, I was uh, rather upset yeah. that he was uh, come to live with me because I felt my independence was gone. I got selfish. Mm-hmm. I did. I got selfish. And I slipped back into that thing. And I think it was because, what am I going to do now? I don't know how to do this. I don't know. You know, I was afraid to go to sleep at night because I don't know if he's going to, you know, go in there and do what he did again. You know, yeah. and that was scary. But we have been allotted a second time in life. And I know what it's like to really be a good dad. You know, I'm not going to say, Seth, you got to go. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say, Seth, get up off your ass. <laughs> get yourself a job. You yeah. got yourself a job. Yeah. He's got two or three, you know, he's always getting out there. He's trying. What I love is that he's trying and he just has a great support system of friends and people that are out there. And look where he is today. I yeah. mean, he's, he's really blossomed and turned his life around. He has some small little things he has to deal with as an adult, you know, I know he was out meeting some lady friends here and there, and he was trying to tell me something. And I, I flat out said, son, I don't need to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are 30 years old. What you do is your business. Yeah. I'm not going to be a Junie and get in your business and tell you what you should and should not do. You're going to be an adult. and You can make those decisions. You can fix it if you need to. Do what you need to do. You know? But I ain't going to tell you get your from a fucking job. He did. Yeah, I remember you telling know, I'm us so that. excited <laughs> he did. He's now going to be working as a security guard. Oh, at um, Atomic Rose. No, hey, that's a that's one thing y'all don't know about this. He got a job yesterday. Oh right? wow. Yeah, working with just a local security company. That's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah. And uh, he's Ooh, very man. excited. He, he might be at the bank next time we go to the bank or something. Hey, what's no. up, Seth? What's up? I'm very excited. You know, he, and I was proud of him. He comes home, brings his uniforms in there. I mean, this is the job that he fought for. Yeah. It's, it's like he walked in. You know? He's like this. Oh, dad, this, this ain't no thing. This is my uniform. It's my new job I got. Yeah. You and, know, and like throwing on the couch. I'm not very something. proud of him. I mean, he was trying to call him to me about it on the phone, but I was at work, party. But, you know, your life is how you make it. And I would tell him that every day. And I'm not going to tell you to do something. Unless I'm doing it myself, you know, and I'm not trying to make it out be like a bed of roses, but you know, I love to laugh. I love to cut up and joke around, make people laugh. I say stupid shit all the time. I'm going to. It's weird how like tragedy sometimes can, you know, bring out beautiful, something beautiful, you know? Yeah. What is it like that? It's, um, 
It's that Tupac uh, poem. It's uh, the rose that grew through concrete. Oh, wow. I need to hear that. Yeah. It's just talking about how, like, you know, no one believes that something so beautiful can come through shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like, you know, sometimes you have to go through hell to get to where it's good, man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's always a comeback story if you want it to be. It's kind of also like maybe when the, the phrase that says uh, life always finds a way and then you like you'll see like like uh, some grass or something growing through like concrete, just like mm-hmm. that rose you yeah. said, you know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's always going to come back. And, mm-hmm. and I, when I was growing up, you know, I was always I grew I grew up taught myself to play the piano and I was always playing this Southern gospel country style music. And there, and there was a song called I'm a potter and he's the clay. I mean, I'm, he's a potter on the clay, mold me in his way. You know, it was this little story about being a part of the clay. And then when I started getting older, not to say anything about religion or whatever, but I'm the clay and I'm the potter. My life is the clay. That's what I told you the other time about yeah. you can be your own God. Like you yeah. are your own person that says, I want to do what I want to do. You're like, in, I don't think anything's mm-hmm. like completely predestined. Like just yeah. because you were born, that's who you got to be. You know, you, you could, you could look where I am today. You know, this very poor boy who was bullied all the freaking time, who was mistreated, um, who never could do anything right, never felt like I could do anything right, holes in my shoes all the time. You know, never did have any friends, never could do any of that stuff to um, being able to educate children today. I've been doing it for 19 years to, um, you know, I have some wonderful friends and and acquaintances around me. I surround myself with good people. Negative people have come in. Mm -hmm. I've gotten them out. Stay away from them. I've also been allotted a... A second opportunity. I never say, oh gosh, I wish my dad was like that. Oh, I wish my mom was like that. But, um, my, my brother Eric and, you know, cause he is my brother. Yeah. I and mean, he may not be biologically, but he is my brother and my, his, and his biological brother, my brother Brian. Um, then I got Mama DB, then Daddy David, you know, and their last name's Evans. I can't sit here and tell you all of the coincidences. That their children's birthday is the same day as Daniel's, mm. you know, and it's very interesting that the things have aligned the way they have. But I've been allotted this second opportunity to feel it, really feel what a family is, to really feel what love is. Yeah, you know, sit around the table for Christmas and enjoy that time with with family. I've never knew what that was sitting at a table. Shoot. Yeah, I think it's some stuff that some people may take for granted that you know others could appreciate. Mm-hmm. That's very true. You know, but just love yourself. Make do of your own, you know. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Is there anything else you want to tell us? Come to the Atomic Rose sometime on a Sunday. On a Sunday. So you could see my redneck family. <laughs> Channel through Patty. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is that where you kind of draw I do. it from? I do. I draw it from my grandmother. Really? My grandmother always had the big red hair. Yeah. And, uh. and my dad's mother, I'll tell you this, she would always stand out on the front porch. She had no teeth in her mouth. None whatsoever. Larry Wayne, <laughs> get out of here in this house right now, Larry Wayne. You know, just always yeah. just crazy stuff. She would just say crazy things off the top of her head, you know. They were always old when I saw them, but... I channel her. She's just because 
crazy woman. I didn't know her too well, but and then the behaviors of everybody that I see. So I'm pick up the wars. Wars? What the fuck is a war? Wires. Oh, oh, let me tell you. When so you bring that up, so when I first moved here, I moved here from Nebraska. I moved here when I was in seventh grade, and I went to Mount Pisgah. And uh, this kid was like, "Hey, man, you got a pencil?" And I'm like, "No, I don't know what that is. You know, I'm not going to disagree. I don't know what it is. Pencil." And he's like, "Man, pencil." He's like pointing at my desk, and I'm like, "Oh, you're talking about a pencil." Hey man, let me, pull, hey man, let me get a pencil, man. I'm like, what, what the fuck, man? Hey like, man, give me some of them Newports. <laughs> I was like, man, yeah, the way people talk is crazy to me. So. Well, I think, and that's a handed down thing. Yeah. It's a handed down through family because, you know, I learned uh, that wars, that idea comes from the Appalachian uh, small town. You know, I kind of studied diction a little bit. I was reading something the other day about it. I yeah. Was looking some stuff up. And I pay close attention to diction because, well, I'm a choir director. Okay. And uh, our diction is very important, yeah. how we pronounce our words. But Can you help Raul out? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> first, he's got to get that dick out of his mouth. <laughs> he can talk a little bit better and then move the pizza out of the way. <laughs> Boom. But, um, you know what? It's just a handed down language. You know, you, you tell somebody, a kid, that, you know, this is how you say such stuff. Music is music. But yes. you can say the word you. Yeah. And say you, but you can't say music. You can say you, but you can't say beautiful. Yeah. It has the same you in it. Just like they say for, they say foe. Foe. And door. Do. And they're doing it purposely. And I correct them in my classroom. My students, I do. I, yeah. I work with them and I know that I want them to see that. And I don't get mad at them for that. You know, would make them correct themselves before they open the door and. You know, they eventually educate themselves. I mean, it's, way to say it's it. unfortunate, though, but people do judge you on the way you talk and the way you look right. and stuff like that. You're so, right. I mean, if you're going around saying stuff like that, people are like, I don't want to deal with this person. Yeah. You know, they may not hire you just because you and you may be the best fit, you know, to work at the place. But. Do you know, we all put people in a box. Yeah. We put people in the box and we make we want people to be like. We want them to be instead of just learning to be yourself. I yeah. learn to be myself. We go around and put people in a box, you know, and you know, I see so many people. I have several friends or acquaintances, whatever you call them, on Facebook who are very narcissist. Mm. Well, I think that's kind and of the, the generation now. I think so too. Selfies and, you know, all that stuff. And, and, and but I've sat and tried to, you know, I think about it. Why, why do you feel that you have to, Look at yourself all the time. And, or if you take a group picture and you're the one that's right in the middle or your body is really spread over. You know, I, I think about those things and mm, interesting. It is very interesting. I mean, are you in a group or you're, is it you and your friends just around you? It's like or, that. Uh, you're the centerpiece. They have to be around you. I, 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 are you I, speaking I, from experience? I want you to look, notice something. Go on there and look, <laughs> look at Patty's, all of Patty's photos. Yeah. The middle, the middle, and, the middle, all the, the groups. Boot. You have people come in. Yeah. Look at the pictures. All right, I'll check. See if you can find Patty. Patty is where? Patty is sitting in the middle, Uh, but she has her friends in her lap and up all around us because I'm in the group with the people. And that's how, that's the point I'm trying to make. This is a group effort, not a me, 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 me. Yeah. Shit. Me. I mean, why are you looking at me? Down a plate. So, what? We had a, we had a, a tenant barbecue fest and, it was a couple of us on the team, and Raul would always be like, me, my, my, my team, my tent. 
Were you? Did you not have any other siblings as a child, Raul? He's the baby. You're the baby, so you got spoiled rotten. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Can I answer the questions he's asking me, or he, are you my no. fucking co-signer, my co-writer over here? Well, somebody had. Uh, I know sometimes you can't talk, so he has to talk <laughs> for you. He's mush mouth. Okay, you ready? Go ahead. What? Why you look like a light bulb? What? <laughs> no telling how many times you get screwed to get turned on. <laughs> so you were the baby. Yes, that's awesome. Man. It's very apparent. Did you grow up in the USA? It's very apparent. Is that uh, is that very terrible very that I ask you that? I was born in Africa, and I, yeah, I was raised here. Yes. Were you born here? No, I was not born here. Yeah, he's born in South Africa. That is fantastic, though. I think that I, I was never knew that. it for him. I love that. I think it's beautiful. He has a decent story, especially oh, his parents. I can't wait to hear that story. Yeah. But I can tell you something, though. Your mama can cook some mean food. <laughs> yes, she can. Hey, I drove over there that hood and had some of that food when y'all had that store. Yep. Was, that was four years ago. Matthew. Yeah, this year will be three years. Yeah. Sold it in October. What, how do what? you feel when girls say, I want a gay best friend to you? That's terrible. Does it bother you? It does. And do you get that a lot? I like, have had it's that. It's like yes. you're like a... And I'm not friends with those Like people. you're a toy or something. Exactly. They want to say they want to have a gay best friend because they're probably just tired of the... They can't have a male friend because they're always going to touch them or something, yeah. you know. But I don't want to be your gay best friend. Yeah. You know, that that's a hot mess. I want to be your best friend. friend. Just your friend. Just your friend. Yeah. Um, I had some acquaintances when I first moved downtown. Before I started moving downtown, I had this guy would always introduce me mm-hmm. to his friends. You know, we all had a, a group of friends, and he goes, oh, well, this is my gay friend, Matthew. I thought, why would you do that? I mean, yeah. you could look at me and tell if you're going to judge me right off the bat, you're automatically going to judge me that I'm what you think gay because I'm not what your definition of a straight man would be. You're going to judge me by my mannerisms. And then when I talk about my children, their mouths drop to the floor. It's like, oh, he's not gay. Yes. And then they, then that spins them in another damn story. You yeah. Know? But um, yeah, I don't like that. I don't yeah, like that. I, I've noticed that a lot. Girls will say, yeah, I want a gay best friend. It's like, why? Well, I, I think it's because they, they're insecure it's themselves. It's like it's not and, some teen movie or something, you know? It, yeah, what the fuck is that all about? Like, I don't know. I think friendships are born and not created. Does that make sense? Oh, that did make sense. Meaning, in other words, if I meet you, oh, hey, buddy, we should hang out sometime. Hey, give me your number. Yeah, sure, let's be friends. Nine times out of ten, it's just not going to turn into a friendship. But if you just run into someone every occasionally, you become friends. Hey, y'all want to go grab something to eat? Sure, let's go do that. Automatically, you have this friendship that's bonded, and you're moving on. You know, doing the things that you enjoy best is yeah. friendship. You know, yeah. So it's like falling in love. Do you fall in love? It just happens. It just happens. You fall in a damn ditch. <laughs> You yeah, don't fall in love. Yeah, I don't grow think, in love. I don't know why that is, but I, I've heard that a lot where girls are like, yeah, I want a gay best friend. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> you better go find yourself. Go find yourself a dildo and write the word gay on it. <laughs> There's Damn. your gay best friend, bitch. Well, now we know how you really feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you about it. Stick in your ass. Stick well, we hair. found out last last podcast about the womanizer. It's a, I guess it suction cups to their clit. Oh. And this girl said... <laughs> <laughs> This girl told me it, it makes her come within like three minutes. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I can come in less than three minutes. Oh, man. But um, 
and I can say this too. Why would you want a gay best friend? Have you ever noticed that some gay men actually wouldn't they be competing? Sexually harass, sexually harass their lady friends. Oh, like grab their the tits time. and stuff like grab that. Grab their tits and play with them. Oh, it's okay. I'm gay. No, you it's not. You see that a lot. <clears throat> no, it's not. It, it, why are you doing that? You know, then and that makes that belittles that person. Yeah. Well, you like that or not, you know, I'll never forget. I don't know if I should drop the name or not. No, don't say name. No, there was a female once we were at somebody's birthday party out at the Thackers. <laughs> but we're, uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's, that's good enough to say that. But we were swimming and all that stuff. And this, this female mm-hmm. had gotten drunk and she didn't, she was wasted. She got up out of the pool, come over up out of the pool and sat in my lap and grabbed my hands and reached up and put them on her. Breast and just started squeezing them and squeezing them. I thought, she had big breasts? Oh, yeah, they weren't hers. <laughs> <laughs> Something she had put in there. Oh, okay. But I'm sitting here, you're making me squeeze. I just felt violated. Uh, you're making me, but yeah. here you are. Don't you think about it? You know, that's thing? weird that women can get away with that. Like, women can get away with touching on a guy's dick or whatever, and it's not assault. <laughs> but if a guy does that to a girl, it's, it's wrong, you know? Fuck that. It's because, like, the, Woman teachers fucking their students. Yeah, like if it's a hot teacher, all of us are like, yeah, I wish I was that fucking hey. kid. And now it's <laughs> like, you know, they're getting only probation yeah. for a fucking a kid. But if we're talking about reverse, we're talking about some man doing it to a girl, we'd be like disgusted right now. And they got to be in jail for like 20 or years. Or a boy or whatever. Right, you know? right. Well, I'll tell her, I, I'm going to tell you this. If I'm out of school with you and I know you are fucking a child, I'm going to go tell my principal. Mm. And you know what? I did do that when I was teaching in high school. I think it's the reason why I lost that job. One of your teachers was fucking a One student? One of the female teachers. The football team. Oh, wow. They she destroyed was her the car. Team? Yeah. She was, was getting, climbing in the window. We had a teacher. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Reverse that. So, and she was also in a uh, in Playboy magazine at one time. What? I saw. I had her whole box of her, her portfolio and everything. Really? Yes. There was a teacher at Houston that was fucking the football team. Really? Well, I, I told him, I went and told the principal about it. Wow. The one who became principal at the time. Did they fire her? And, uh, well, needless to say, yeah, she just left, disappeared. Mm-hmm. But I disappeared too. <laughs> you got, in trouble. I mean, you got, in, you got dismissed for telling, I guess. Uh, I mean, telling. Well, you're covering this shit up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're covering it up. You got, to, you got dismissed for you th- dismissing me because I'm telling you something the truth? That was fucked up. Yeah. You fucking idiot. Happened. And karma got your ass too, bitch. Heart attack, bend over your desk, having a heart attack. Do people wrong. Put love out there. What you put out there is going to come back to you. Come on, be happy. This is the last thing I want to talk about. Okay, let's talk about it. We were, talk- we were talking about it earlier when you stepped away. Okay. About gifts. Gifts? So, like Christmas gifts. Okay. And Raul was saying that he bought me a toothbrush. Oh, I'm sorry. An expensive toothbrush. Don't fucking say about your toothbrush. You don't think I about you like a four pack <laughs> or a dollar, fucking dollar general, you bitch. Okay, come on. He I'm bought me. A, he bought me like an electric toothbrush that has Bluetooth on it and stuff like that. Got all kinds of. Fuck, you gonna listen to your radio while you? No, it, it like tells you like where you need to keep uh, brushing. Like further, you can see on the further, app. Further. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. I need to get that. And then he bought me a water pick because I had just went to the dentist and the dentist was like. Every time I go to the dentist now, I ask her, you know, she's always like, oh, you're doing really good. Keep it up, blah, blah, blah. And she was telling me, like, start flossing. But she said, you can get a water pick, and it's just as good as flossing or whatever. And then she recommended uh, an electric toothbrush, too. 
So I was going to buy one. So my whole thing is, this was like the day before Christmas. Mm-hmm. This bitch waited till like Christmas to hear what I wanted, and it, it bought it me. Wasn't something. it wasn't the day before Christmas? Well, it was like, like maybe, three weeks before. No, Christmas, or no, two it wasn't. weeks before Christmas. It was like a couple of days. Bro. That's what you do. You listen to what people <laughs> say they want, don't you, Matt? Oh, I would you love. You don't that. wait that late. Yeah, you do. What if it would have got lost in the mail? I didn't. Then you would have gotten it after Christmas. <laughs> My 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 adopted. I'm not gonna buy anything. If I if, if I refer to mom, yeah, from any time you ever talk to me, uh-huh. you know that I'm talking about my mom out in Bartlett. Okay, yeah, and and if I was talking about the biological, I'd say the birther. So my mom, I love her, Mama DB. Um, she gets Christmas presents all year long. She puts those things away. Oh, yeah. uh, no, people do do yes. that. It's called being thoughtful. Well, you know, and I couldn't. Now, what if it's somebody's hard to shop for? And I kept thinking, you know, well, David, that's kind of hard to shop for. I've heard, you know, everybody talk about that. Yeah. He's so hard to shop for. But um, he teaches yoga. Mm-hmm. He's really into yoga. Yeah. I'm a music person. Mm-hmm. I thought, what goes with yoga? Oh, I need to get one of those singing bowls. What's a singing? Dong. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's perfect for it. He loved yeah. the thing. You know, you just you think like that. You well, just, but I, a toothbrush and wait until somebody tells you later. I did appreciate the gift. I mean, it was not a cheap gift. I'm not, I know mm-hmm. it was expensive, but I just think that you the know. The video I have of you opening the gift says <laughs> differently. You fuck. I was playing it up for the video. Oh, okay. I was playing it up for the video, but so I bought this guy bed sheets. I uh, know, not just bed sheets and bitch. a comforter. Who the I bu- fuck? You well, need you those yelling? things. Why? Hey, it's the thought behind it, stupid bitch. He needs that be stuff. Mean. But the comp, the fucking bed sheets look exactly like his bed sheets. No, Matthew, so Matthew, got great tape. Matthew, go look, go look. But they what? look exactly like. Okay, so it's like he's about, trying to take my oh, room. So he's telling me that he doesn't like, he doesn't appreciate exactly. your friendship. Exactly. I, I like, you would adore them, whether you like it or not. I told him I didn't want any bed sheets because I knew he was going to buy me bed sheets for Christmas. I told him and said he I don't want bed sheets. It doesn't sheets. matter. He doesn't wash his sheets regularly. Oh my god! I gosh, wash them. I wash them once a week. You oh, you're on your mother's in there. I wash them earlier on your mother's life you wash them once a week tech usually see there you go he's lying lying now lying i mean who but you don't appreciate him getting you something for christmas i, thought, I told him i didn't want that sheets. doesn't matter I had you already, don't tell I, people what you fucking want for christmas i had already bought them by the time he told me this. but I, let but you, know, you but you know i didn't want the sheets it's something you needed bro i, I want i want ugh. electronics i want yeah you're a 40 year old you man, know what man. you know what you know what i want I just want the love of my friends. Well, fuck I you. went I'm over to my mom's. Yeah. We went over there for Christmas. I just loved it. Next thing you know, she comes in with this big old basket. Mm-hmm. And in it, it's full of love. Yeah. You know what's in there? It's jams and jellies oh. and, oh, man. and sauces that. and stuff she made yeah. out of her garden with love. And I, I mean, every time I eat the, ooh, I got this for Christmas. Yeah. So good stuff, you know? My friend, um, our friend Chris Green's wife would love your mom, man. For real, <laughs> she's all about Christmas. She's all about every like holiday, you know. Mm-hmm. And she she loves those stuff, man. Like, and she would love what you just said about get, receiving something like that. That someone uh, it was grew themselves and then made it, it into amazing. a jam, yeah, made it that, into a jelly. And yeah, made, you know. And I wasn't expecting anything from anybody. Yeah. You, know? you know what? I'll get you. You know, make you what? You tell me what you want. I'll make it for you. You just make it for me. Okay. Like Tomorrow's my birthday. You gonna make it tonight? 
<laughs> Do you know, I just, I, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, sometimes growing up, um, if it was my older brother's birthday, I got something too. Yeah. I always just got a little car or whatever. But when it was my birthday, mm-hmm. got nothing. Damn. Just... Oh, here's your pair of socks. Here's your some underwear. Yeah. Now, brother gets the nice little. Well, I don't get this. What's fucked up with this? You know, Christmas. You know, sometimes the middle you get child sucks, man. It really was. It's a middle child syndrome. Yeah. It's really kind of crazy mess. Usually, the firstborn or the the baby get everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, we all have different takes on those. I got everything. Things, though. Oh, we know. You know, come on. You could you could just give somebody something anytime of the year you want to. Yeah. Well, that was kind of like what it was like for me growing up, Joe's Witness. Mm-hmm. Like, we wouldn't get gifts for Christmas or birthdays, so my parents would buy stuff throughout the year to kind of make up for it, I guess. Well, you know, Seth is, uh, had been working on being Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. And uh, at first, I had a, I had uh, problems with that. Yeah. Because, well, it's Jehovah's Witness. It's a cult to me, yeah. in my opinion. But I raised my child. That he has the freedom to choose whatever path he wants to choose when he gets older. And mm-hmm. I'm going to support you the best that I can. You no, know, support means I don't have to talk about it. Don't talk to me about it. You know, if you don't give me anything for my birthday, that's great. You know, Christmas doesn't grow around. I don't care. But you know what? This past Wednesday, uh-huh. he surprised me, bought tickets, and took me to Willy Wonka. Oh, that's nice. You know, and this is for... You know, even though I don't celebrate birthdays or anything, but this is for thanking you for everything you've done. I know what it was for. He just didn't want to say that it's for your birthday, yeah. you know? It's, I think he's probably still in that teeter-totter stage yeah. where you are kind of want to be out. You're on the fence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't know. How long, how long has he been going? He's been involved in this stuff for... Two years. Oh, okay. If that. Yeah, so it might be easier for him to get out. But I know there's a lot of people that they've been at since kid, their kids or whatever. And when they try to defect or whatever, it's mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder. But, well, you know, each to his own, though. You know, I was raised Baptist and Pentecostal and crazy mess. But I went to the Episcopal Church just to be a singer. And next thing you know, I just started liking what I was hearing. Yeah. You know why I liked what I heard? What's that? I wasn't being judged for being a gay person. Mm. You know, life's how you make it again. It goes back down to it. Life's how you make it. If you want to have a nice life, you say thank you for the bed sheets. I like them. Okay, what if you buy somebody something and they don't buy you something? I hate when that happens. Ooh, you know what? Let's just say this. Let's just pick a name. You know, a fake name. Let's say Brad. Okay, <laughs> say you buy this guy named Brad something, maybe an Alexa dot, you know. And, Did you get anything? Uh, let's just say no. Okay, how does he? His name is not Brad. His name is not Brad. <laughs> oh, I have an Alexa. His like, bitch ass had two opportunities. I got to give my brother. You know what? His Talking dot. about that. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I got to give my brother his dot. I have an ex- Alexa okay. dot and give her brother. But, you know, mixed feelings on that. And no. say, You're say supposed this. To, let me, let me, let me say this real quick. And say this guy, you bought this guy a sous vide. You know, you didn't get anything. And no, I did get like he got me a suitcase last year. But say, nice say he uses sous vide to help other people cook stuff. But say he doesn't cook me anything. Like isn't that kind of fucked up. But you have your own sous vide. I know, but he's always going to these people's houses and cooking them oh, meals. Sous vide with them? Yes. What, is he a fucking cook now? A chef? Motherfucker. <laughs> no, but so what I'm trying to say is I have a beef with Brad right now. No, it's and true. we've been you friends. Should. You should because uh, Brad had an opportunity. To reciprocate 
what the gift I bought him for Christmas, even though he didn't get me anything then, my birthday was a week later, and I didn't get me anything for my birthday. So he knew. No, technically. But are y'all expecting things from people well, because you buy them something no, no, you no, expected? No. But he had told me that he was going to get me something. Oh, well, see, that's that set the balls. Yeah. That's different. And then so I was like, okay. But what did you get me for Christmas? You didn't get me anything. Oh, nothing. Maybe. Oh, he, did we not take? Did I buy your dinner last year oh, for your birthday? No birthday. Now that was a beautiful surprise. Yeah, I love that, and that was the most beautiful thing. And I was talking to Brad about that the other night. How it was just me? Was he souvenir something for you, Brad <laughs> and Hanine? Yeah. And we all just sat around, just very quiet. Where did we go? You weren't there. Oh, you he were did doing, too. Go. He was at the fights that night. Oh, that's right. Oh, we then came y'all to came to the fights. Fights yeah. we went to Cafe Society. And then Cafe Society. <laughs> I don't get that blood on me. Hey, uh, Matthew, how many of those guys would you fuck? Oh, all of them. Uh, probably all of them. Because you remember you were, like, you were like, man, that one guy. Woo, woo. Yeah, I like that stuff. But no, I don't I don't expect a gift. But if you say you're going to get me something. Yeah, uh, that's true, too. I mean, we're I coming mean, up almost on a month now. Oh, a month. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We'll, we'll know if he listens to the... Uh, I'm not releasing this one until Friday. Tomorrow? Oh, next, next Friday. Why so long? Because he wants to wait and see if he gets no. a gift. <laughs> oh, I know I'm not going to get a gift. But why, why wait so long? Oh, you're just going to... Oh, okay. I I'm trying to do them every Friday. Now. Oh, every Friday. Oh, okay. So Thursday night at 11.59 p.m. Yeah, it'll be released. Oh, it'll be released. Yeah. Hmm. So you gotta, you gotta you give the tonight? people a little tease, man. You gotta give tease them a little tease. Them. Ooh, you, know, you, you tease, can't give you all the please, juice. Though. What are you doing tonight, Matt? Do what am I going to do tonight? Matthew. Well, I don't know. Probably just go run around and go home. I don't know. Go mm-hmm. to the store, try to find something to buy myself. I don't care. But then um, I'll probably go down to the Atomic Rose and watch the drag show. We have some guests coming in this evening. And now let's talk about that. Let's do it. You have bingo brunch, I bingo do? brag brunch at Atomic Rose. On bingo brag brunch. <laughs> what was that again? Bingo drag brunch. Oh, there you at go. Atomic Rose. Yes. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. And what time do they open for brunch? They open at 11 a.m. for brunch. Okay, and then you do the drag bingo at one thirty, one thirty, one forty-five, And it goes till about 3-something? Uh, about 3, 30, 4 o'clock, well, three, however three, long four. I want to go. Now, I sent you something the other day, and I was like, did you want to talk about this or not? Oh, we can. Okay. I sent Don't you something the other day, and... How the fuck is somebody that works at the club that you guys promote together worth going to do a drag brunch at another venue downtown within the, within 2,000 feet of each other? Where are they doing it at? Tin uh, Roof. Oh, really? Yeah. And I've, it's one of the featured dancer persons from Saturday night that's doing the drag brunch on Sunday. I'm all for you making money and do whatever you need to do. Um I want to believe that, you know, they just have the best interest of, they're, you know, they would go out and make money and do whatever they want to do. They, they're trying to introduce this fun stuff. It's two different things. It's a two, do, 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 two different groups of people. You know what I'm saying? Two different groups of people. But uh, I did speak with my boss about it, and he says that he has, you know, spoken with a person, and they won't do it anymore after that. But what's going to prevent somebody else from going in there doing it, you know? It's not. It's good. That's exactly what's going to happen. He, per se, won't. Percy won't be doing it, but his best friend might be doing it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Why do you want to do drama? That's just drama. That is. I'm not angry. I mean, I think I'm all for if you want to go out and make yourself some extra money, you go out and do that. Um, 
But if I sit back and analyze it, it's two different groups of people. I don't think they're going to have, you know, maybe if they advertise it for themselves, their friends who follow them and go down there. But it I hasn't mean, affected my what we're doing there. Because you're doing game. you're doing bingo and they're just doing, yeah, we're doing drag brunch, like a show. Yeah, like they're doing a show, show while they're eating. I'm doing a show while, well, if you come in and eat, but I'm doing a show and playing bingo with you and doing the show at the same time. Oh. It's totally different things and... You know, I think I don't, there's room uh, for competition. You know? Yeah, but not down the road from you. I mean, but they, that's just like saying that there's going to be a brunch at Goose and there's a brunch at Pontotoc. Yeah, you know, that's like, true. That's very true. See, that's good thinking right there. But here's the deal. We're all, it's all a small of us, community. All of us in that community, all of us in that community, all of us who work at the Atomic Rose, we are all doing one thing together, and that is to bring business to that place. I'm oh, doing no. it. I'm doing mine as entertainment. Some certain way, the others are doing it on Saturday night as entertainment. The dancer comes in and does theirs on Thursday night. They do theirs. You know, we are all an, a, a goal together is to bring people to that venue. So, Here. what do you think? Also, too, with all these people doing this, it might just spread awareness and like people that normally wouldn't see that kind of environment. I think it's positive. Because, you know, like maybe thing. some people may not go into Atomic Rose because it's, quote, unquote, or just a gay bar. Right. But they may go into, uh, what did you say? It Tin was? Roof. Tin Roof because, you know, it's just a normal it's a club normal or whatever. You yeah, know? they want to go in and look at it. But then again, there's that other side. They're going to go, oh, let's go down here and watch these fools, these guys dressing. You know, it's south. What are you going to get? There's there's two sides to that. Yeah. You know, y'all took me to the Tin Roof as Patty. Did we? Oh, yeah. Long yes, you did. Ago. He took me to the tin roof as Patty. You also took me into the purple haze as Patty. You took me to the bears. <laughs> I think I, I do or remember. Not bears did, but whatever it's called. Yeah, I do remember uh, the purple haze. Yeah, that was very interesting. But you took me down there. Yeah. I know it was a tin roof. Is that where they were playing those games mm-hmm. and stuff out on the patio? Yeah, yeah, on the back patio. Yeah, and I was in that yeah. big dress. <laughs> oh, I do remember that now. Because I remember some guy was trying to hit on you. And this guy's like, is that a woman? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. He's like, well, yeah. Well, you he was on, feeling you. He was. He was feeling something, all he right. He was feeling something, all right. I, I think we're all just, you know, it's. Uh, it depends on how you want to look at it. I'm not in, in for all the drama stuff, but just know we're all working together. And I don't, I think they have good intentions. I don't think there were any bad intentions about that because yeah. if boss men spoke to him, they say, well, I'll never do that again, you know, whatever. You know, and that, that's okay. I can respect that. So. Let me ask you this. I got one last ask thing. Ask me. Come on, ask Do you guys have bathroom attendants at Atomic Rose? Atomic Rose, there's no bathroom attendants. I hated bathroom attendants. They're the worst. Our bathrooms are gender fluid oh, okay. restrooms. You can go either or. And there's a sign. Yeah. It's right out there for it. Now, I always go into the side that, quote unquote, is designated as women With, when it was women. Yeah. Because, well, they have more stalls. And oh, okay. It's more private yeah. to me. Uh, because well, I am Pisha, and I don't like trying to use the restroom. And and so, then just do they have the urinals in the other one too? They have one urinal and two stalls, and the other one has like three toilets or whatever. But I just like going in there because it's you know less people in there. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the bathroom attendants really they really bother me. That's annoying. I mean, like who carries cash around first of all, and why do you have to wash your? I mean, uh, not wash your hands, but. Why do you have to pay to be like clean? Clean you exactly. Know what, I'm what the fuck? I'm get my own paper towel. Yeah. Have that shit. I mean, and are you staring at me while I'm trying to take a piss? <laughs> and another thing, let me ask you this: Do you guys think it's you should wash your hands before you pee? Some people do that. I think you should. 
Because why would you wash it after, but not before? You've been touching all this random shit. You're putting that on your dick. Your well, dick's very important to you. I mean. Well, that's a very good point. Yeah. Do you wash your hands before you wipe your ass, too? I don't think that's the same. Take a put, why not? Because you're not that's actually. You're not putting your hand up. No, your but you can wipe your ass, but it's going to touch you're your ass. fucking shell? I mean, come on. I don't, I mean, do you use uh, baby wipes? I do. I, I use I use adult wet wipes. Yeah. I do. It's just cleaner on the bum. We should have <laughs> bidets here. I don't know why we don't. Yeah, though that's that's good stuff. I go through that like crazy. It just I gotta be clean. Can't be dirty. Yeah. Can't be dirty back there. You know what, what I'm do saying? you don't know there, son? What are you playing with? Like Oh, step up to the mic, man. Stick it in your mouth. Uh oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, do you want to go to dinner? Let's go to dinner. Let's do that. All right, we'll go to dinner for your birthday. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Some dinner time. Maybe uh, Brad can learn a thing or two about being friends with people and how to treat them properly. Oh, bless Oh, what I was going to say about you and Brad, Raul, is he's coming to your birthday. He didn't come to mine. In Atlanta. When we went to Atlanta, he did not go. Mm. But he's going to fly on a fucking plane Mm. to fucking Tampa. But he couldn't drive in a car. When is your birthday? Day? January. It was second. January second. But we're why? What not invited in that show? Yeah, Anthony. Why is Matthew but, not invited? Come be, on now. He, I might he told me who to invite. No, I didn't. I said. Did you not? You tell said, me? we haven't I been said, that close. I said, so I said invite Brad. Chicago. Who wants to go to Chicago in the fucking winter? That's and true. then you said. And I said, Nick's not invited either because I'm not friends with him at the time. (laughs) You were friends with him at the time when we first started talking about it. You're not friends with him? And then I said he wasn't friends with me anymore, so I didn't want him there anymore. (laughs) This is before y'all even booked the tickets. You want to go? I'll go. I got money right now to buy it. Um, When the fuck are we going to go? I mean, what what day are we flying out? Uh We're driving. (laughs) <laughs> That's 14 fucking hours I'm kidding, I'm kidding, hours. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding Don't play I got that shit Go out of town, fly my ass down Where would I sleep, bro? Where yeah. would I go? Are you going to let him sleep in your bed? <laughs> <laughs> you can get a hotel room We all got a hotel uh, room Hotels are expensive as fuck down there, man I'll sleep on the floor if I'm a hostel to go to or something Well, it's not like, you know, yeah, you can stay in my room, That's fine <laughs> Oh wow! You're fuck. All right. Um, if you see a sock on it, that means that there's already another man in here with me. Okay, <laughs> so do not enter. Wow. Put another sock. No sock. In it. That means no there's a hooker sock in there. There's a hooker there. What if there's a condom on the doorknob? Oh, mm, yeah. that means you, that's for you to put on. Matt, and come and join Matt. us. <laughs> Ooh, already unwrapped. <laughs> oh no no no! Uh, All right, let's uh, let's All wrap right. this up. We'll wrap it up. Um, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Player FM. Find us in all the yeah. the, the podcast and, bef- and before you say goodbye, I got to say this one last thing. Um, those of you who listen to this podcast, I don't want anybody to think of me any different. I don't want you to look at me any different. I'm still that loving, caring person. I don't want any sympathy or any sorries or nothing like that. I didn't tell it for just for, you know, I'm just being real. Just I be think, real. Like I said, you might be helping somebody that's listening. Yeah. So just... Just know that stuff. Oh, and love you to the person in France that listened to us. Oh, Bonjour. awesomeness. I love, I love you French lot. bread. Love you lots. Bye. Bye.